Yo, it's Nick Ruiz, twice self-made real estate entrepreneur. Came up once from scratch in my late teens, built over a million dollar net worth. The 2008 crash forced me into bankruptcy. Then I bounced back quickly again after bankruptcy. This is success from scratch. We talk entrepreneurship here, money, financial literacy, business building, psychological and chess player warfare, real estate entrepreneurship, economic evolution, the laws of it, survival of the fittest, sales and persuasion, anything success. I don't care where you are. Pay attention. Listen up. This is success from scratch for you. Okay, guys. Um, you know what? I'm just excited to be back on the podcast scene. And uh, I figured since stuff was fresh on my mind, I might as well quick grab the mic and figure it out. It's just me today. Vidal is not with me. Um, and, you know, I just kind of ran through a few different deal situations and I want to kind of review them and break them down um, on just deals I'm working on, deals I'm looking at, some things that have fell through the cracks, even some things that have not gone my way, which, by the way, like, reality check for sure in, in, in real estate or any business, like things aren't going to go your way. Many things aren't going to go your way. The, the, the way you know you're doing something is by having things not go your way. You know, if everything goes your way, you might only put your toe in the water on a couple super, you know, easy things in front of you, but big deal. Like if you want to be aggressive, you have to learn number, if, let me back up. You have to be aggressive. And when you do, some things aren't going to work or some things are going to work in an evolved way that you don't even know yet. Like I'll go at a deal with a, with a pretty certain approach on how I think things are going to go down. And, um, and then all of a sudden, as I deal with the seller or whoever, um, things evolve into a direction I didn't even realize was coming. And that's beautiful. I love, that's what excites me about business and entrepreneurship and real estate because things evolve into ways um, that you don't even know. So I'm looking at, I have a couple stories with some specific deals. Um, let's see here. So we have, uh, this deal, this deal. I got a lot of deals in the works right now, but I'm going to highlight a couple, uh, newer ones and what's going on. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I'm missing? I think that's good. Okay. So check it out. A couple things. There's a deal I'm working on now where, um, it's actually a duplex. It's two units and the seller's old. Okay. He contacted me. It needs some work. Um, it's not like a, it's not like a total rehab, but it needs <clears throat> some work before it's able to be, um, <coughs> man, throat was dry. Um, some work before it can be occupied. I'd say I, pr I probably, honestly, I probably got to put, I'm going to say seven, eight grand into it to get it, you know, ready to go. By the way, these units will produce 700 to 720 a month. Um, each, by the way. So that's $1,450, let us just say it's going to bring in per month. Um, and this is obviously something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep, okay? So anyways, um, he wanted 120 and then over the phone, he's like, I want to get close to 100 And bottom line, I went out and looked at it, and we're pretty much going to land on 70 I think. Um, he, I have his verbal commitment. He's leaving town, and when he comes back, he wants to get this started. So we're talking 70 and again, you have to understand problems. You have to be a problem solver as an entrepreneur. Like negotiating on price, that can get you places, but if you really want to grow, okay, and really do a lot of deals, you have to ask the right questions. And the questions you're asking have to do with problem solving. So where was I? I had to pause for a second there. Um, 
Oh yeah, asking the right questions to solve problems. So he says 100, I say 60, you say 890, I say 870, and we do this like, like that's not proper negotiation in my world, first of all. Um, my philosophy on negotiation, and this is a side note that we can you know go down that rabbit hole another day, is I'm on your team, we're versus the data. We're versus the information that's static, that's unchangeable, meaning the comparable homes in the area, how much work the house needs, you know, how much it's going to cost to get it up to par. That's real data that you and I have to work with. So it's not me. I don't look at negotiation as me versus them. And let's see who wins or makes out here. No, no, no. You and I are on one side and the actual data for that property is on the other. Let's work with that. And we have to approach it objectively. All right. That's another rabbit hole for another podcast episode. If you want to hear stuff like that, reach out to me. Tell me what you want me to talk about on these podcasts. I'd love to expand on many topics. I mean, I just, I'm, the beauty of this is, is this podcast, and obviously you know my show, In the Life, on YouTube. Just search it if you're not a subscriber. Um, YouTube.com forward slash Nick Ruiz Entrepreneur. I have a reality show every week. I, I'm on film doing some deals, real deals. But, um, Again, I love. I'm just going to use this podcast as more of an outlet too for just kind of what I've been doing, like today, um, kind of some deals I was working on. So I'm working on like three or four new deals today. Um, so, anyways, back to this guy. So I started asking him questions, and you know, he's like kind of wanting to take the 70 because he just wants out. He doesn't want to redo these units. The guy's like in his 70s. You know, he's owned the place for 45 years, right? So he doesn't want to like do the whole paint and carpet and, you know, put the new stuff in and the new countertop, the cabinets are shit. You know what I mean? He's got to, he just doesn't want to deal with all that and then try to find quality people. And, you know, he's a, he's a little mom and pop landlord. He only owns like one or two properties. So he just doesn't have that like system and infrastructure um, that I have. So he fixes stuff himself, you know, that kind of guy, right? He doesn't want to do that anymore. He's done. So we're talking, you know, price. And I think I'm, you know, I'm like, we're kind of landing close to that seven. I really wanted to pay 60. I'm going to be honest. That was like, to me, just a really like slam dunk price, but I knew I had flex and he wanted to be close to a hundred. We kind of somehow met at the 70 mark and I felt okay about it. And, uh, but he had some reservation. So I like to ask like kind of, you know, curious questions like what kind of, what's holding you back? You know what I mean? His name's Ray. Ray. So what's kind of, um, you know, I'm just curious what reservations and, and nothing. I, I tell him up front, listen, nothing offends me. If it's no, it's no. Or, you know, you can tell me anything. You can just say you don't like me when I'm usually like building such rapport at that point where we laugh, obviously. But I'm like, just seriously, like, let me know, like, you know, what, what would be the issue? Like, what would stop you from saying yes? And these are like closing questions, right? Like you're trying to close someone. This is like sales 101, right? You ask, you know, the thing of it is, you know, I'd rather here. Here's a, here's a sales tip and a closing tip, which is very valuable in this business. Um, you want objections are nice when people verbalize their objections. I actually love it because they're objecting to something, and I can actually address the objections. Silence to me is worse because they're they these are the people that hide their objections or they don't really say what's on their mind. And then my job, and that's what I'm doing here. This guy's a real quiet guy. Okay, he's one of those dudes that kind of got a read on him of like, uh, he just didn't want to say much. Not because he was just literally like a mute, but because I could kind of tell he wanted to keep things in and not really reveal a whole lot. So my job is number one. Number one, I built rapport up front. Number two is just to kind of joke and pry. But I was like, hey, Ray, like, what do you, you know, what, 
I have to pry objections out of them. That's what I'm getting at. In sales, in closing, and this is all, you're selling your sellers on you buying it. That's what you're doing. You're selling slash closing them on you buying the property at the fa- the price that's a win-win, right? So you have to ask the questions that pry out the objections. If they don't offer objections, again, everybody's different. Some people are loud and proud about their objections. Like when I buy something, well, what about this? Well, what if that happens? Well, do you have a warranty? Like down the road, blah, blah, blah. Then what? Like I like, I'm real loud. So I like to, um, you know, express my objections super. <laughs> my wife gets annoyed because um, we'll go places and she, uh, she gets a little embarrassed. But I like to, you know, it's like, hey, let's lay it all out, okay? Let me show you my objections, and if you can overcome them, you sold me, right? This guy wasn't doing that. So it's your job as a salesperson, as a closer, as a real estate entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, to ask the right questions to pry out objections. So anyways, I was like, so Ray, what, do you, you know, what would be holding you back? And, and, and I would like review things like, you don't want to do all this work, do you? Like, you don't want to hold this, you know, because some people are like, yeah, you know what? I, if I just can't get X on price, I think I'm going to keep it and just keep renting it out. Okay. That's a valid thing to say, and I have to respect that. You're the owner. If you, you know, if you need a hundred, I knew I couldn't pay a hundred. I mean, I probably could, but that's way at the threshold of where I'd want to be. Um, I get it. You need a hundred. I can't do that, Ray. But if you're willing to, you know, sit on it, rent it out, and do all that for longer, yeah, good for you. You know, we can part as friends. Call me if anything changes. But it ended up turning out he was uh, since he depreciated the asset completely. Um, he has, you know, depreciation recapture, they call it basically in the accounting world. Um, and, you know, Uncle Sam takes a nice bite out of your proceeds when you've fully depreciated an asset. We don't have to like, you don't have to like understand that too much. But the, the bottom line, I'll sum it up in a nutshell. He was scared of his tax liability. He's like, he was really like scared as to how much taxes he'd end up paying on that money. So, um, so I said, listen, I said, I'm going to, and, and I'm glad I, because I got the real answer. You know, he was quiet about it and that's the answer. I said, oh, okay, that's actually a, not a bad problem to have. And I have possible options. And I said, you don't have to go this route because it makes no difference to me whether I, you know, pay cash and refinance the money back out or whatever it may be. I said, how about this, Ray? This could help, this could help you out. I said, to minimize your tax exposure, why don't I give you a small down payment and then you be the bank? Okay. This is, you know, creative seller financing 101, right? Like seller financing. It's a uh, very solid technique that I've used many times and it's beautiful. So bottom line, he only pays taxes on the money he receives. And he's only receiving, you know, maybe a couple grand down I give him or whatever. I don't know. And then I said, by the way, Ray, on a, on a separate, separate note, see what I'm trying to do now is build a case. I want to solve multiple problems for him. Problems he doesn't even know he has yet. So on top of the tax problem that he thinks he has, which I, he does, he has, you know, he's, he, he's got to pay a lot of taxes. Um, I introduced a new problem he didn't know existed yet. And that problem is, and again, I asked the right question. So, Ray, I'm just curious, like, do you have plans to put, you know, sometimes if I buy a property from someone, they already know they have to take that money and they're going to go buy a boat or maybe they're going to buy a different property or they need it for a down payment for a, a car, whatever it is. Okay. I, and it, he's like, no, I'm just going to put it in the bank. I go, ooh, I go, here's a second problem. I think this, this solution could solve. You're going to go to the bank and get, um, you know, 0.03% or f- whatever the BS is. Obviously we all know money in the bank is dead. I mean, you get almost nothing on it. I said, I can probably give you like eight to 10 times the return that the bank will give you, you know, depending on what he's getting, you know, I could probably offer him four, four and a half percent. I mean, I'd probably go up to five or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, 
to make him happy. So I I was like, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to put it in the bank. I go, Ray, the other upside to what I'm proposing here on top of minimizing your tax liability, because you're only going to pay taxes on what you receive. And since you're not going to receive the whole amount up front, you're not going to get hammered by Uncle Sam, right? I said, by the way, I said, uh, I said, um, whatchamacallit, I'm losing my train of thought here. I'm going nutty. Um, I said, you're going to get eight to 10 times the return on your money. So you're winning. Instead of having it in the bank, have it in the property. And we'll throw a three-year balloon on it, which, which basically means within three years, I have to pay the loan off in full. Maybe I'll stretch it to five. I mean, I'd want to stretch it as far as possible, but if you, you know, just to make him feel good, here's a three-year balloon. And in three years, I refinance or sell it and pay him off that way. Right. Um, so anyways, I said, you can make eight to 10 times what you'd make in the bank. So now you have a double win. And I said, here's a triple win. You get monthly money. You get mailbox money. I'm going to send you a check every month without managing tenants. This is like straight money, hands off money every month. So it's turned into a triple win for him. He went from literally not knowing that existed to being like, wait a minute, this sounds like the Holy grail for me. Okay. And I win because I'll give them, you know, hopefully, you know, I think we'll agree to like a couple grand down and then monthly payments. Okay. Amortized over a 30 year period, but maybe a three year balloon or a five year balloon. And again, that I can go into depth on another call. It's a simple debt structure. Amortized means that you, um, you structure the loan balance to be something where it's, uh, you know, stretched out. The payments are based on holding the property for 30 years, basically. That's an amortization. But um, it's a it's a, a three-year loan term where it com- becomes mature, and then you'll have to pay that loan off. That's what a balloon is. You have to pay off the balance. A um, couple things happen at the three-year maturity. I can We can extend it another three years, him and I, if he likes it, which could very well happen. Uh, or he might say, you know what? I just do want to you know cash out now, and I want all the rest of it, and then I'll just call a bank and refinance it, um, or I can sell it. Okay. And by the way, that loan balance that I'd have on it would probably produce, um, with principal interest and taxes, a payment of, I don't know, 600, 650, and I'm getting 1450. So I'm making 800 something a month, uh, on a simple little asset. And, and I created a, an extreme win-win because I solved his problem. See, if you don't ask questions and you just look at real estate in a very black and white manner, which is I'll give you 70, you take 70 and then done deal. And he all of a sudden quietly is in reservation. Like, eh, I don't know. You got to ask these questions to find out their real problems. Okay. So, um, you know, that's, that's how that one's going to work. He's going to sign my offer. He had to leave town on an emergency, but he's in like verbally, like, you know, I got a good read on him. Like it's happening. He's going to do it. So when he gets back in town, um, he's going to sign that offer and we are going to make that deal live and it's going to be beautiful. So, just a creative little thing, uh, you know. You know what? I'll you know what? I'll just leave this episode as that deal for now, um, just so you can kind of uh, you know let that marinate and see. Like, and by the way, with a deal like this, I could negotiate nothing down, okay? Which I think I probably could end up doing. So, hey, Nick, I only have a little amount of money or nothing. Well, here you go. Oh, I had bad credit. Doesn't matter. He's the bank. He's the bank. So I'm putting zero to a couple grand down and then sending him money every month that my tenants are giving me to pay him. I can't lose. So for all you people out there, that's just a slick move I've done over the years with um, with acquiring some rental properties. I mean, I, I don't do this every day. A lot of times I'm just paying cash or, you know, <coughs> maybe going to a bank or whatever. But this is always a winning option. And I, to- and I told them up front because I like to make sure people don't think I'm selling them, quote unquote, on this thing. So I'm like, listen, 
If you want to do it, cool. If you don't, I'm fine. And I made it clear, Ray, whichever way you go, if you decide, hey, I just want all the money from you, Nick, or I want to do it this way, I'm okay either way. Like I always, and I feel like when I say that, even though I would rather do this seller finance deal, it doesn't really matter to me. But if I say I'm okay either way, they also, their guards let down where it's like, oh, okay. It just makes them feel better because they're like, okay, there's not some weird incentive where he's really pushing me towards this. So I'm, and I'm sincerely meaning it. I'm not being manipulative. I sincerely mean I don't care which one he chooses. Okay. But um, to make him feel better, I said, it doesn't matter to me. I'm okay either way. I want you to win. And he's like, and I asked him at the end, I'm like, all right, so we're going to do this. He's like, yeah, we're going to do this when I get back in town. And I was like, are you, you know, I'm just, I said, I'm just curious, which way are you leaning with as far as how you want to get the money? He goes, I'm leaning towards the second one. Cause you know, like we talked about minimal tax exposure, just straight mailbox money every month. And, um, and uh, it's a triple win, mailbox money every month, and he's getting eight to 10 times the money. He's actually earning more money because he's getting eight to 10x what he would get in the bank for the same money that he's doing nothing different with. It's not changing his life. He doesn't need the money like for something immediate. These are important things you guys need to learn and understand because it's a simple financing situation that allows you to get into stuff with little to nothing down. And uh, the seller is extremely happy. Not every seller will take this. Like I said, a lot of the stuff I buy, People want the cash up front, plain and simple, like period. This is it. I want the money, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'll get you the money. But if you if you have another scenario like this, you know, let's explore this opportunity. So I'll leave it at that, okay? I'll talk to you guys soon, and um, hang on a second here. Sorry, I had to take a quick call. Anyways, um, so that's that. I have... Two more things I'd like to discuss, actually. This is cool. I'm just going to vent to you guys on some of these episodes, too. They're not all going to be like this. I'm going to vent on my activity. Again, that's why you're listening to me, because I, I have activity. I'm actually doing the stuff. I'm doing the business that you guys all love, um, real estate. It's the number one business in the world. I love real estate. I have my whole life. It's just the best. It's the most fun. It's so creative. Everything's new. There's always new situations. It's just fun and you can make a lot of money. And that's why I love showing you guys this stuff. So a lot of this, is, I think that's kind of a cool new avenue. I think a lot of this podcast is going to be me, my outlet to what uh, my activity. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I don't know if this is posted like on like a place where there's comments, but um, you know, figure out a way, you know, on Instagram or whatever. Um, follow me at Alpha Home Flipping on Instagram. Um, Nick Ruiz Entrepreneur. I'm sorry, youtube.com forward slash Nick Ruiz Entrepreneur at, um, at YouTube. And that's my reality show. Make sure you subscribe there every week. I'm on film doing actual deals, real deals. All right. And uh, you guys know where I'm at here. So I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Success from Scratch show. Um, I need you to do something very important. Rate, review, and subscribe. You have to actually hit the subscribe button so you'll automatically get these episodes fed to you wherever you're listening it to. Very, very important to me. It is the literal fuel that keeps this show going and improving, etc. And I thank every one of you for doing that. I really do. It takes 30 seconds of your life. means the world to me. And on top of that, uh, make sure you follow me on my social channels, okay? Because I really engage and respond to almost everyone. I'm like known for it, okay? Uh, Snapchat, at Real Nick Ruiz. YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Nick Ruiz Entrepreneur. 
Facebook.com forward slash Alpha Home Flipping and Instagram at Alpha Home Flipping. Those are my hubs where I talk business, entrepreneurship, real estate, etc. all the time. And also head over to successfromscratch.net. You can download some free goodies there. And I will see you on the next episode.